Hi again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls. You are listening to the 101st edition of The Chatter. They said it couldn't be done. 101. On FM 98.3 KCRD and um, everywhere on the KCRD mobile app. Our guest this week is Chris Gonzalez, all the way out Phoenix area. We're going to talk to Chris right after we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, Remember, O most gracious Virgin Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I was reaching for my uh, props. (laughs) Amen to you, Chris. We've got a a big event coming up. We're recording, and as we record today, we're going to time shift this, but today is October 2nd, 30 days from today. Dr. Ray Garendi comes back to Dubuque. He was here in 2020. Before the world fell apart. And uh, we hope that he doesn't make the world fall <laughs> apart when he comes Good November point. 2nd. That should be in his contract. Yes. We, you know what? No contract. What? When you call Ray and say, Ray, we want you in Dubuque, you can, I say, send me a contract. He, he send, he'll text me and go, you're in the book. <laughs> that's the contract. That's that's Dr. Ray. He's, he's the only guy that... Remember when you were, uh, you know, maybe your dad did that uh, a generation or two ago, and you had no contract, you just shook hands? This was a handshake. This is Dr. Ray. He shakes hands, or he shakes with a text and says, you're in the book, Tuesday, November 2nd. He'll be in the Grand River Center, and this is our 10th anniversary. Mm -hmm. We're setting all kind of blockbuster records this year. Well, yeah. Ten ten years on. that's a Thursday, November 2nd, Grand River Center. Tickets are on sale. You go to kcrd-fm.org and, and see um, all your fellow Catholics. You know, that that was the big takeaway when he was here the last time. They laughed and they said it was so good to see everybody. Yes. And just relax and enjoy. the. Yeah, you know, you make a great point because it's always good to have a speaker in and be encouraged in our faith. It's always good to laugh, but... I think one of the other benefits of these conferences is it's a chance for like-minded people to gather, to visit, to be encouraged, um, to feel like they're not so alone. I think that's right. a great benefit of these yeah. conferences. So everybody sign up because we want to see you there. Big big crowd. KCRD-FM.org. And customer service, you can uh, leave us a message at 563-231-3545. And I swear that most of the people that call for customer service know how to get tickets online. They just want to talk to the staff here at KCRD, which, by the way... Is you. I think they want to talk to you. Or Chris or whatever. But that's okay, because I enjoy talking to the people. So that's good. Yeah. So I met this guy, Colleen, Chris Gonzalez, when I uh, took the long trip out west. We took the airstream out. It took about what 20, 25 days. I was a, gone for a, a bunch. Yeah. And I had been uh, introduced to Chris. Actually, uh, our friend Matthew introduced us to uh, two things: one to Chris Gonzalez, the other to one of the great 
pizza locations in all of all wow. of Phoenix. And uh, we're going to talk about Chris Gonzalez and his rosary and his family and Great. see if uh, if Chris got to the pizza stuff. So welcome aboard, Chris Gonzalez. Say hi to uh, America, Chris. Hello, America. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I did. we did go to Pizzeria Bianco. Help me read. What, what's the name of that here? I'm trying Pizzeria to Pizzeria Bianco. Spelled with a V? It's a, a Bianco. Bianco. B, B as in boy. Yeah. I... Um, I did not drive there. My daughter drove there. The only thing I did is pay for it. So that was. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, when when we got there, yeah. uh, Matthew and I, we we started. We went to mass in the morning, and then we made our way downtown. Mm-hmm. And it was about forty-five minutes or so before they opened, and nobody was around the square. And I was just, he, he was like, "Oh, let's go walk around some more and check out stuff." So I was like, "Okay," but mm-hmm. I was also eyeing the door because I was like, "I'm pretty sure there's going to be a line that's." starts on the open oven and so we were over there and sure enough one couple walks up and they just kind of stand there and then there's another couple that walks up and i'm like we should get in line now and so we stood in line for 30 minutes before they opened um we were second in line fortunately and we got in obviously right away but yeah it, it's a really good pizza it uh it definitely I don't, lived up to its reputation i don't know how to describe it it's not on it's unlike any pizza i've had here you know, you have New York style, Chicago style. You've got uh, Dubuque style. Dubuque's mm. got some great family mm. pizza mm-hmm. restaurants, yeah. Mario's and Marco's. But this is unlike anything. And this place is a hole in the wall. There's 35 seats. Oh, wow. And <laughs> did I tell you the story? When I went down there with uh, Hannah and Mary Ann, they tell you, here's your menu. You get one chance to order. There's no add-ons. Anything you want on the menu, you order right now. We're not coming back and taking additional orders. Whoa. Because they're turning those those tables, as Chris was saying. Was there a line when you got to the front door, Chris? Yeah, there was a line. We were fortunately second in line. But when we got in, there were still people outside. And I think they put on some sort of tech system to come back at a certain time. Yeah, but some, something's going on. And they have we, this... We were able to get in there. We spent some good time in there and you know had a glass of wine and our pizza and really enjoyed ourselves it was good it was and nice if you, and if you want two glasses of wine you better order it the first time around <laughs> order it the first time i tried to get some of that beautiful italian bread to go and they looked at me and said no that's for the customers that eat here leave you're finished <laughs> so it was almost like the, they, uh, the, the it, soup it was Nazi. it was a pleasant experience <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very it was. good so anyway, Chris, I, I didn't go out to Phoenix just to have the pizza, although I did uh, like Matthew's tip, but um, the, the highlight of the trip was meeting you and, uh, and your ministry uh, about rosary. And we're going to talk about that, but before we get started on, on rosaries and your manufacturing outlet, all handmade, by the way, Colleen. Wow. But uh, tell us about you and the Gonzalez family, your wife, your children, where you've been, what you've done, what did you do, what did you think? Yeah, no, I appreciate being on the show, and, and likewise, Sam, it was great meeting you that day as well and getting to know you. Um, yeah, so I actually was raised in Maryland, but I was born in Arizona. Mm. Um, the story there is just that my dad, uh, my parents met in Arizona, and um, my dad was in the Navy, and so... Um, I was born out here, but then he was stationed out at Fort Meade most of his career, and so I uh, grew up in Maryland, 
and I didn't move out to Arizona until I was about 18. Um, I didn't meet my wife until 2007, and then uh, we got married in 2011. So actually, um, our anniversary is coming up. We'll be married 12 years. Congratulations. We have, thank you. We've got, we've got four beautiful children right now. Uh, we just had a, uh, our son um, last month in August. Um, he is growing and, and just has got a good set of lungs on him right now. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but just healthy, beautiful child. I've got uh, a daughter and then two other boys. And then we have, um, we have two, two boys uh, in heaven. We had, we had a couple of miscarriages actually mm, in the last sorry. couple of years. Um, but I will say that we've seen a lot of fruit um, in terms of just that resolve to really uh, respect life and enjoy life and to just, you know, see our kids and just that gift that, uh, you know, it's meant to be right. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've experienced some trials, of course, just like any other married family, I'm sure. But, but um, yeah, we've just been in Phoenix. We love live up in the North Phoenix area. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I would say that we have really, especially since 2020, uh, for all the reasons we know, we really embrace our faith on just another level mm -hmm. when it comes to just how we position our family spiritually mm -hmm. and how intentional we are now about things. And um, it's rippled some feathers, uh, I'm sorry, ruffled some feathers, I should say, in, um, you know, parts of our family. And, you know, all glory be to God in the end, because it's um, not because we're trying to, you know, cause any harm. We're just trying to evangelize in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the rosary has been a big part of that. Our parish life has been a big part of that. And just kind of the decisions we've made to return to tradition, so to speak, mm -hmm. on many levels, not just with, let's say, the traditional Latin mass, but just, and also in how we live our lives as Catholics, as a Catholic family. So were you so. always Catholic or were you um, a convert or a revert or... Yeah, great question. We, I was, both my wife and I were actually raised Catholic, both yeah. baptized in the church, raised Catholic, but both of us grew up in the 90s, and mm -hmm. there was still a lot of felt in some churches. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, felt banners. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we, I mean, a Maryland catechism was different where uh, you received first communion as a, you know, maybe second or third grader, mm -hmm. and then your confirmation is later. And mm -hmm. so... I went to, um, I was a part of a parish on base as part of the military archdiocese. And so I was able to do my confirmation um, in middle school, whereas most of the diocese in Baltimore was high school. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of one of the differences. Mm -hmm. uh, I think my wife, uh, I think she did them all together because she grew up out here in Phoenix. Um, but, you know, just like many people our age at that time, didn't really continue our faith. And our family certainly took us to mass and you know, my mom was the one who always took me to Mass. Um, but as far as a faith life at home, I didn't pray the rosary daily at home with my family. I didn't, mm -hmm. we didn't pray nightly or in the mornings. We didn't do anything like that. It, I went to public school just like everybody else. I, you know, lived what was probably considered the normal 90s life. And uh, it wasn't till um, much later in our marriage, probably halfway in our marriage, that there was kind of this interesting call to look at my faith, look at our faith and say, what are we not doing that we should be doing? And it was around the time that my daughter was uh, coming to the age for sacraments and sacramental prep. Mm -hmm. And so 
it's just really interesting that transformation how it kind of started it's 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 probably more of a reversion story than it is um a conversion well it's a conversion story but it's coming back into the faith for sure we were married in the church but we still were not living a liturgical life by any stretch so, so. did something special happen or did someone say something that kind of caused this you know turn towards you know being more serious about your faith there was a time when we were going to St. Paul's here in uh, Phoenix. It's in the Moon Valley area of Phoenix. We were going to St. Paul's, and I was the typical guy that would show up in shorts and flip-flops and a T-shirt to Mass whenever we thought it was convenient to go to Mass. Mm-hmm. And I do recall that there was a gentleman um, that got up at the end of Mass for some announcements and discussed how men need to be men again Hmm. and that there was a men's group meeting to kind of help with that effort of under men understanding their faith and it was going to be a talk on the blessed virgin mary Hmm. and uh so i i was intrigued by that and i said well yeah you know that's there's something to this um i'll check it out i wasn't really thrilled about the time it was like six in the morning and (laughs) living in anthem i'm like i gotta leave at like 5 15 and you know kind of thing but uh, so I was like, well, let's let's try it out. And then a couple weeks after that, there was uh, a priest, um, an Irish priest, Father Declan, who came to mass and did his homily. He said mass as well, but he was calling um, the parishioners to consider adoration, Eucharistic adoration, mm. because St. Paul's at the time was trying to open up a perpetual adoration chapel. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of those other little kind of hints of like, Maybe you should check this out. Mm-hmm. And I signed my name up for it. Didn't get a call for a few weeks. And when I did, I tried to convince the lady to just, you know, leave me alone mm-hmm. in a nice way. Mm-hmm. But she was so sweet. I just couldn't say no to her. Mm-hmm. And she just was very warm and inviting and just said, you know what? Just just try it for a month. Mm-hmm. Just try it for a month. It's only four times out of the month. You know, it was, uh, I think, 10 p.m. on Wednesdays. She's like, just try it. See what you, And if you don't like it. That's fine. But just try it. <laughs> First one's so, free, kid. <laughs> yeah. And then she asked me to be a team captain after I said, okay. <laughs> Whoa. That escalated quickly. <laughs> it did. But I, I did it. And I have, I am so grateful for her invitation to that because mm. that, I would say, was the primary catalyst. And then mm. you had kind of a supplemental set of catalysts after that, like the men's groups and you know, the, the learning more about the Blessed Virgin Mary. We were watching the Bible and the Virgin Mary series. And I just was just enamored by just the mm. thought process of the theology of like, I didn't know Catholics thought like this, mm. you know. And I um, started listening to Matthew Leonard and started to understand who Scott Hahn was. And you know, I was doing adoration Uh-oh. and it just was this fire hose. Wow. That's that's an awesome story, and the power of adoration, the power of Our Lady and the Rosary. Um, we have uh, we're blessed to have two perpetual adoration chapels in Dubuque. Um, so if anyone is listening to this show and um, don't have an hour at one of those chapels, I would you know suggest that you listen closely to what Chris is saying and take an hour at a chapel because it really can change your life. And like you say, you were grateful. Uh, that she had asked you to try it just for a month. Go deeper on that, Chris. What kind of fruits, you know, that we always measure this by fruits. of. Uh, so what, what did you see as, as a result in your family with uh, taking that 10 p.m. Wednesday night hour? 
you know, I'm so glad you asked that question because that's actually what I was going to bring up is um, it, it eventually evolved into Saturday at 3 a.m. And <laughs> oh. that was that was actually a, I, I actually after about a month of that, I was like, you know, I really look forward to this hour. One, mm -hmm. I was going to bed early, so I wasn't doing anything weird on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And uh, and two, I mean, it just it was a great way to start a Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. And so I just I cherish that hour. And at St. Paul's, their Adoration Chapel is so intimate and I was the only one in there. Mm -hmm. And so it does get cold in Phoenix. So, I mean, at, at, you know, during the winter time when it was really cold, it just felt really cozy in there. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, you know, I, I roped my wife into doing adoration because we need to fill in spots. And mm -hmm. so I had her do adoration for a little bit. And I also wrote my brother-in-law to do adoration to mm -hmm. fill in as a substitute at times. Mm -hmm. um, but I do remember a specific time when in our marriage, we were having a very, long discussion about contraception mm -hmm. and so i was of the mindset of we need to be rid of this in our marriage mm -hmm. and you know it took a while for my wife to eventually come on board which she did but at the time it certainly was a challenge mm -hmm. um so during that time you know we become pregnant with our third son mm -hmm. and it was not expected and it was mm -hmm. one of those times that I was actually very scared for what our marriage was going to become after that because, mm -hmm. you know, she was not contemplating any harm, but at the same time, she was just not in a good space spiritually with it. Mm -hmm. And so a week goes by with this and she goes to adoration and I recall she came home in tears <clears throat> and just, just lamented and at how sorry she was for the feelings and the hesitations she was having about the pregnancy. And she kept referencing Our Lady and she kept talking about just, you know, the, the humility of Christ coming to us in the way he did. And this was all in the Adoration Chapel mm. as she's praying the rosary. Mm. And I just, because I, I, I didn't know how to, you know, as a guy, you want to try to fix these things. I didn't know mm. what to fix and <laughs> I didn't have to fix anything. Mm. And it, it just, it was such a blessing and grace that I just, I said, you know what, Adoration has literally been a part of saving our marriage. I mean, that was wow. a pivotal moment in our marriage. That is, and it was a pivotal a, moment for me. Yeah, that is an awesome story. And as we wrap up this first segment, um, we want to just remind our audience that we're talking to Chris Gonzalez from Arizona, and he's got rosary stories, and obviously you just heard a conversion story, an adoration story, and we'll hear more from him in our second segment here on KCRD FM. We're back. Our guest is Chris Gonzalez. We're on FM 98.3 KCRD on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and then forever on, on the mobile app. KCRD is the keyword to download the mobile app. We're brought to you by Hotworks, the only exercise place with two L's, Holiday Drive, here in Dubuque, the two Holiday Drive. How did that happen? I what, don't know, but you know, if they make new commercials, that has to be part of it, because every time we say Hot Wax on Holiday Drive, we say Holiday with two L's. I wonder about all the other businesses on Holiday <laughs> Drive. So, anyway, um, we should push uh, Dr. Ray again. Tickets mm -hmm. are on sale, kcrd-fm.org, Tuesday, Thursday. November 2nd, mm -hmm. kcrd-fm.org, ticket customer service at 563-231-12, excuse me, 231-3545. Okay. 
Okay. Call Good. the other one here, you'll probably get somebody else. <laughs> you could ask them if they want to go, whoever answers the phone. How ask many people, they're busy how many people do you think listening to uh, Chris in segment number one started to tear up with that story, Colleen? That was a beautiful story. Um, for those who might be tuning in late, uh, we're talking with Chris Gonzalez, like Tom said, and he was telling us a story in the first segment about adoration and the power that... Um, that adoration has had not only on his life, but his wife's, their marriage. Uh, so that was a great story. And he makes rosaries. And so I think he's got lots of stories um, for us about the adoration and the rosary. And Tom's handing me the rosary that Chris makes. And I don't know, it weighs about five pounds. Yeah, it does. This is heavy duty. It is heavy so duty. Chris gave this rosary. I'm going to put him on the spot. Chris gave this rosary to me. We went... Uh, I don't know what day of the week it was. It was early in June, Chris. Uh, we had made arrangements to meet before I took the uh, cross-country uh, caravan. I think it was on a Friday, actually. I think it was on a I Friday. Specifically, we didn't order meat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. And um, so anyway, I get to town. I said, Chris, I made it. Let's go. Uh, we picked a time. And uh, and Chris says to me, he, he, he says, do you want to go to Mass before we have breakfast? And I'm thinking... Yeah. <laughs> this is my kind of guy, huh? All right. So set it up for us, Chris. We went to Mass at St. Uh, Edward? We, yeah, we went to ma Mass um, at St. Edward the Confessor. So just to give a quick background there, uh, St. Edward the Confessor is run by the fraternity, uh, Fraternal Society of St. Peter, the FSSP. Um, there's technically two physical buildings uh, the original parish started out at Mater Misericordiae in downtown Phoenix. And mm -hmm. the parish has grown so much um, that fortunately uh, the community, parish community was able to acquire St. Edward the Confessor. Mm. Um, and there's currently plans to build uh, a much bigger church. Wow. Now you never hear that. All we hear about are churches closing, closing and combining, but you're saying that it has grown from one parish to two and now possibly a third? Yeah, it's still one parish community with the two churches, the wow. two church buildings, mm. but the mass, Sunday Mass is held uh, exclusively mm -hmm. at St. Edward the Confessor. And there are daily Masses at Monster Misericordia and Confession as well, um, which, I mean, the priest, there's three of them there, and they... God bless them for going back and forth and doing what they do. Mm -hmm. um, but the main office for the parish building runs out of Mater Misericordiae. So it's, you know, a little bit of a transition, but um, there's plans to build a future St. Edward the Confessor that can seat uh, 700 people and wow. have a traditional style uh, layout. Colleen, you hit it on the head. Where, where are you hearing these kinds of stories where people are building uh, churches that need to hold 700 people? That's that's an awesome story. So so okay. So to get back to the other story, yeah, we're you guys at mass. Went to mass. Went to mass. We choose a place. Chris chose a place. I didn't know where we were. So we go to have yeah, the, some the place uh, breakfast. The place I was trying to choose wasn't the place that we ended up at, but it's okay. I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit works in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So we yeah we we went to mass and uh, it was special because uh, Father Garcia held a requiem mass. So that was new to me. Mm -hmm. Um. That was beautiful. Only been and doing so the, if people are not familiar, a requiem mass would be like a mass for the dead, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. And it wasn't for any, he, he said the mass for not one person as the intention, but as I recall, he said it for the people of the parish, I think. 
who had died. Correct. And any anybody that you wanted to offer your communion for. So it was like mm-hmm. a um, it was like a free space on the bingo card. Father <laughs> saying, Whom, "Whomever is in your family tree, your friendly tree, those are our intentions today." And I'm thinking, this is incredible. Yeah. It was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So we we attended mass and. And it was really interesting. I remember a comment Tom said. He's like, you know what? It's really nice to see you, but ultimately I'm really here for the Lord. And I said, yeah, it's fine with me. He's like, but let's get breakfast. <laughs> so I'm here for we, the Lord uh, and breakfast. Yeah. So we get yeah, to the we, restaurant. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, Chris, you're telling me that wasn't the restaurant you had in mind. I don't know how we ended up where we were. I, so I was looking for Biscuits Cafe. It's a it's it's a local chain here, mm-hmm. and it's really good. Yeah, yeah. Right. but we ended up at a biscuits cafe that wasn't part of the chain. <laughs> yeah, huh. the missing so, biscuit. The missing biscuit. So then, I guess. So so then we uh, we get there and we're talking, and and uh, the gentleman, you happen to remember his name, the uh, the host, the server. The, the, well, yeah, the guy that took our order and seated us. What a gentleman! Um, trying to yeah, remember what his fantastic guy. But so, any- so here's 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 the story. Here's what happened. So we so I had a, a box full of just a bunch of rosaries because I was going to show them to Tom, and then I also was showing them to the different parishes and things because I, you know, I try to get them placed in some of the gift shops of the different parishes and such. Mm-hmm. And um, so this our waiter comes up and at the end of our meal and says, "Hey, are are, are you guys Catholic?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're Catholic." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "How much for the rosaries?" And uh, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I I'm." you can have it it's okay because part of when i make rosaries and and sure i collect you know people pay me for them but i also like to give them away mm-hmm. as just that evangelization it's it's meant to be you know a gift mm-hmm. and to, to inspire somebody you know as you can as you know with the rosary it's meant to inspire somebody to do that prayer and if you have something that's masculine and weighty and just feels good in the hand then you know there's kind of a call to that Right, as that spiritual weapon and mm-hmm. using that spiritual weapon. But he, he didn't so, he didn't believe you when you were going to give him the rosary for free. Right. Yeah. He was like, No, 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 I'll pay you. I said, No, 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 seriously. I just you can have it. And he ended up buying one and I I finally said, Okay, sure, just you know, a couple bucks. But and then he I, covered our meal. But <laughs> as I recall, did help me remember, it seems like he didn't want the rosary for himself. He called a young woman, and it was yes. almost as if there was some relationship, as though that might have been his daughter. Mm. Yes. Yeah, do, she do you was know, do you remember? In, intrigued by it. I, I do remember her. I don't remember her name, but she was just intrigued, and they were speaking to each other. In, Spanish. Um, they were speaking Spanish. I, yeah. I don't speak Spanish, so I didn't no. know what they were saying. No, but their but body language just, was clear. Yeah. And she was yeah, she, she was nearly in tears when when the waiter explained to her that you the gentleman is giving the rosary to it and you won't take any money. <laughs> yes, yeah, and it was she, fun. And she took that rosary and she held it to her chest and walked away down down the aisle of the restaurant. Hmm. And then the waiter had understood that he had given away his rosary to the waitress. So I think you ended up giving a, a rosary to him. Yeah, he, he relented and just basically kind of pushed the cash to me. 
<laughs> then he paid for our breakfast. And then he paid yeah. for breakfast. Yeah. What yeah. what a day! But but it was just a magic moment. When you talk about evangelization, there we are, kind of minding our own business with a. I mean, there's a lot of people that walk in with a box full of twelve rosaries. In there, you know? But no, uh, we must only. we must have been conspicuous. Well, we're Catholic. Yeah. So, do you have that happen a lot? Where there's um, an encounter. I've had that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The a lot of times it happens when I'm praying uh, with some guys at the at the clinics. Uh, they'll see. Now, when the you say clinics, I, do you I mean have. abortion? Mills? The abortuaries. Yeah, okay. Yes. Correct. Okay. Um, and they they ask how they can get one, and I say, "Oh, I, I make it." And they're like, oh, I want. Can you make me one? And like, sure, you got to come back on the fourth Saturday, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Good. So, Chris, maybe this is a good time to explain that because I've told Colleen about that, but only today is she seeing. Yeah, first time. This this rosary. Uh, can you explain? And we're going to put this up on our website. By the way, it's in the Bellowing Ox, Colleen. What page is uh, it's page Chris's? Twenty-eight of the newest vert edition of the Bellowing Ox, which I was told went out in the mail. Good today so anyway chris walk all our listeners and colleen through the hand manufacturing process of these beautiful rosaries and what makes them so special yeah i I appreciate that so just to kind of give a little background my um um i don't know if i mentioned this earlier my mom made rosaries for the knights of columbus when i was a kid and she made these just basic rosaries for the knights to give away and i remembered that there was an easy way to make them at least in my mind because um, I, I made some as a kid, mm-hmm. and then she also made the traditional chain rosaries. Well, fast forward here, of course, um, I uh, I had a, my first communion rosary for the longest time I carried on me, and I gave it away to somebody else who was raised Catholic, but they were not in their faith. And um, they they still continue not to participate in their faith. And when I asked for to see if they still had it, it, it turned out they didn't have it anymore. And so I was a little bummed by that because it was my first communion rosary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just kind of just gave it away. But it taught me a lot about just giving away the things of ours materially. Mm-hmm. So I went on this kind of mini quest of like, well, I'm going to start making rosaries and I'll see what comes of it. I started out with the St. Michael's Chaplet and then started making kids rosaries and selling them on Etsy and actually sold a decent amount. I mean, it wasn't something I could retire on, but it was, you know, it was a little hobby that I was kind of creating. And I was using kind of the funds from that and making sacramentals for like RCIA kind of activities. Mm -hmm. So I got into the chain rosaries as well. And there was this one day where I was just like, you know, I want like, like a meaty rosary. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's other places that do something similar, of course, but I wanted one that was like, like the metal. I wanted the, the, the center to be big you know i wanted the crucifix to be big and then i want the beads to be heavy and metal just only metal i just like metal Mm -hmm. and so plastic no plastic right so i i I, you know obviously got paracord 550 paracord i finally found these weighty metal beads which took me actually you know on different websites and so i was like okay yeah i'm gonna try this out and i'm gonna get this three inch crucifix that's you know really bold and stuff and I just made one, and I didn't really think anybody would find it neat, but a lot of guys did, and so that's when I started making them more and more. And um, you know, it's just a it, it has that weight of like it's a spiritual weapon, almost like you know that that sword right in the yeah. battle. It's heavy. Um, it feels like just a weapon. Helps you, I guess, really get in the mindset and the mode. The mode. 
Well, I would imagine if you were swinging this, it'd knock the snot so, out of you. It's heavy. Yeah. And it is a masculine. It, it does. I did put a disclaimer with with guys. Yeah. I put a disclaimer with guys. I was like, just don't don't assault anybody with it, please. <laughs> <laughs> so. But you gave me one for Marianne. Uh, the one I chose is beautiful, and it's got this medallion of Saint Joseph and the child Jesus, Colleen, with I the saw uh, that. with the lily of Saint Joseph. I believe Marianne got her favorite. You know her devotion to the Divine Mercy Chaplain, mm. and so she, she has um, that one. But uh, give us the website where your store is again, so that uh, people can get a visual of what we're talking about, Christopher. Sure, sure. So uh, it's through Etsy. So it's Ordinary Dad Life, and it's just all as one word. And spelled as you hear it, ordinary mm-hmm. And when you go to ordinary you will see uh, just you know some pictures of the rosary itself, and then our family pictures in there, and then my my store, my shop on Etsy. So right now I'm on Etsy. Um, eventually, I do want to build out a website. It's kind of a long-term project I have with my own little podcast I'm developing. Um, but yeah, that's that's where you can get them right now. Well, you're in the bellowing ox on page 28 in this September, October, November issue. What's behind Ordinary Dad Life? How, how did you choose that title? So about five, six years ago, I just was wanting to be creative with a blog idea mm-hmm. and or a podcast. I didn't really know what it was. And there was something that was really bugging me in in kind of sales because I, I work in sales, and so it was just the mindset of you got to do these great things all the time. You got to be this kind of person and that kind of person, and I just I didn't like that because it always seemed like you had to one up yourself mm. every day or every week, and that's just all people were looking for. And I said, so I asked, started asking myself, why can't ordinary be extraordinary? It just seems like in our faith in the lives of the saints they do very ordinary things but they do them in such an extraordinary way they elevate them right mm-hmm. they elevate the good intended in in what they're what they're serving and so just when i was thinking about fatherhood it just said you know fathers it's okay to be ordinary ordinary in the sense that you just have to roll with the punches sometimes you have to just deal with the the spit on your shirt that day right mm-hmm. or you know whatever argument your kids want to have with you you know when you're trying to argue with a seven-year-old it's 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 mind-numbing it's like you can't win somehow right so but that's just the ordinary way of being a father right or making decisions that just seem monotonous every single day well that's just part of the ordinary aspects of our lives that that are extraordinary because as we as kids grow older they recognize in their parents at least i did just how those sacrifices what they meant and how they really shaped their lives for the good and for the better. And so just ordinary dad life is just living your life out. And when we think about faith, we're, we're meant, we're called to holiness and holiness doesn't mean that we have these extraordinary moments, you know, every single day, if we're graced with those extraordinary moments, we use them, but it's, you know, it's, it's the little way, right? St. Therese's feast day was yesterday, I believe, Right, right. you know, the little way of, of just doing things is ordinary. When I suppose that's what the Lord means when he says, uh, if you 
what, uh, take up your cross daily and mm -hmm. follow me. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes those ordinary day after day things are pretty mundane and they in and of themselves are, are, uh, are a cross. Mm -hmm. Our guest is Chris Gonzalez. He hails from over in Phoenix and we've got a lot of stories. Colleen, you've got a couple of things we want to get in the next segment here. Yeah, we want to hear, well, it's of course the month of the rosary. So we would like to hear a couple of rosary stories. This this is going to air on the Feast of Our Lady. How about that? October 7th. Um, originally called Our Lady of Victory, changed to Our Lady of the Rosary. So we want to hear some of those stories. Um, and hear more about Chris and how people can maybe get some rosary gifts for Christmas giving. Coming soon. You're listening to FM 98.3 KCRD and the KCRD mobile app. We are brought to you by Hotworks on Holiday Drive. Look for the two L's. It's not a misspelling. We're back. Our guest is Chris Gonzalez on the 101st episode of The Chatter. Brought to you by Hotworks, and you are invited to come see Dr. Ray Garendi for a night of uh, food, fun, family, laughter. Laughter, the sanity of the family he's going to talk about. Coming. He's a funny guy. I, yeah, everybody come sign up. It's awesome to be together. Um, especially before the holidays. We'll see all our friends before we see our families. It'll be a great night. So if you haven't gotten your tickets, you can go to kcrd-fm.org and order them there or call Tom. He loves to take your call. What's your number, Tom? 563-231-3545. And don't just call for tickets. We got that comment from two or three people the other day, Colleen. They said that some people aren't coming because they don't have anybody to go with. More oh. importantly, they don't have anybody to sit with. Oh, we'll take care of that. So you know what? If if you want to come, and you want to sit with some friends, we're going to we're going to put you at a table of some friendly folks. If you need a ride, yes. If you need a ride, five six three two three one three five four five. Because I I was just heartbroken when. When that woman said, you know, uh, her friends aren't coming because they don't have a ride, or if they do get there, they don't know. Some people are afraid of crowds. Well, you know, I, I have to say, I don't like going places by myself. So if I know that I can go with a friend or meet a friend, I'm fine, but I, I wouldn't go by myself. No. So I understand that, but we, we're a friendly bunch there. They'll and, probably know somebody there. And Dr. Ray is not that scary anymore. No, not no, anymore. He's not doing that. So. Chris Gonzalez is our guest. Colleen, uh, he's got some good stories for us. He does. In the first segment, we heard about some adoration stories um, that impacted him and his wife and their marriage. And then we heard some rosary stories in the last segment. And he says he has more rosary stories. So, Chris, do you have another couple stories for us about the rosary or the impact on your family or, or other people? Just give us your best rosary stories. You know, my... My favorite rosary story or rosary experience was actually on my retreat, and I'll give you some background. So during adoration, I didn't really know what to do during adoration for the longest time, mm -hmm. but I knew that the rosary was probably a good start. And so I started praying the rosary in adoration, uh, and then I read St. Louis de Montfort's uh, Secrets of the Rosary, and that oh. just really convinced oh. me mm -hmm. what the rosary was. Mm -hmm. So that 
that was a big part of it. Um, Scott Hahn's material, you know, uh, Joy to the World actually was a very impactful book to me. Mm. Of course, Rome Sweet Home was a, was a great one too. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, fast forward, I, I'm trying to, you know, incorporate the rosary in with the family and, and it's messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still messy. Um, but I do remember when I was trying to incorporate the rosary more uh, with, with uh, the kids, we would pray. And my daughter, when she was learning the Hail Mary, she, she couldn't really pronounce some of the words very well. So she used to say, holy moly, mother of God. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so cute. Like, oh, you know, she's doing this 15, 16, you know, 20 times. We were just like, okay, we got to correct her at some point. But it's just so adorable. <laughs> How old are the children but, now, uh, Chris? Oh, so my daughter's 10. Um, my middle son is eight. My, um, well, my two middle sons now, uh, eight and six. And then my youngest is uh, six weeks. So Write that one down. Weeks. Holy moly, Chris. Holy moly. That's yeah. great. So that was, that was cute. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, the, the, the most, I guess the rosary, like if there's ever a time, you know, where I experienced Our Lady and just being in her mantle, it was at my retreat. I went on an Ignatian silent retreat for seven days. And, uh, you know, the, most of the time, I, I don't know about maybe once, but at least for the first two, three days we're we're contemplating hell and thinking mm-hmm. about our sins and thinking about a general confession. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going through that process. I do my general confession. And then there's a story about the prodigal son. And uh, so we were reflecting on that before our meal, before lunch. And during that time, I actually, that Lent, because uh, I went during Lent, I gave up lunch um, mm-hmm. because, you know, it just was part of my, my penance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this whole week I'm not eating any lunch. I just look weird in the silent retreat, not eating lunch. But I just dealt with it. And, um, but that day after the general confession, I was like, you know, the prodigal son story, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and have lunch. Plus, it was the day before my birthday, so it was just kind of like, well, I'm going to have lunch. They have cake, they have wine, like this is the prodigal son meal. <laughs> and what was just amazing was just how everybody in that room, all the guys, just they all had a glow on them. Hmm. And you just see smiles and just it was so beautiful and wonderful. And I just I was in the moment. And so I, and it was a buildup. It wasn't like it was right after confession. I mean, this was like over a couple hours. Like I was starting to see this and experience this. And so I um, I, I was like, you know, I got to do something to give thanks to this. Like, I don't know what it is. I got to do something big. And then. I was like, you know, actually, I'm just going to go back to my cell and I'm just going to get on my knees and pray the rosary. Mm-hmm. I think that's just the best and just just in Thanksgiving. So I go back in my cell and I get on my knees mm-hmm. and within like 30 seconds, the waterworks just come out and mm-hmm. I get to the passion narrative of the Apostles Creed and I just lost it completely mm-hmm. in like joy. Mm-hmm. And it was just this intense sobbing and agony all at once. And it didn't just, it wasn't just that moment. This happened, this went on for 45 minutes as I'm praying the rosary. Wow. And it just was so intense at different times, praying the Our Father, praying Hail Marys. I was just seeing images of of family members who have have deceased, right? I've just seen my family. There's just this moment of joy and sorrow where I want to die and be in heaven in that moment. And there were just quick reminders of you can't do that. And it was the first time that I really experienced the man on the cross, who Christ mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking that through and, and seeing that in my mind and understanding that image of that, that this person was real, that Jesus is a real man. Mm-hmm. He suffered and died for our sins and his blood has washed away all of that. 
that whole time I was just like, I just want to be held. And the moment I had that thought about being held, it was like Our Lady was there. I was mm. under her mantle. Mm. And, and I've, I've equated to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And so, you know, after that experience, that retreat, that was, that was where it was a turning point. This was Lent of last year. Not this past one, but the previous one. Mm-hmm. And um, that was when I came back to home. And I, I told my wife about this encounter, about this experience. And, you know, she was not necessarily a fan of maybe the traditional Latin mass at the time, but it grew on her over time. But um, it was, I told her just, I said, you know, and very lovingly as possible, I said, you know, I, we need to return to tradition. So it doesn't just mean the Latin liturgy and the traditional mass. It means our way of life and how we do things in the family, which also includes saying the rosary every night consistently mm-hmm. and never ceasing. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it's only been in the last year and a half that that has been consistent that because it was before then it was choppy we would do it we wouldn't do it we would miss it we you know we'd have october come and go and we're like we didn't pray the rosary once right mm-hmm. um so in spiritual direction when i explained this to my pastor i um i i went through this um, the, the events with him i said i, I want to make the rosary devotion i just don't know how to do it and um he said you know what I want you to do is I want you to pray just a decade with your family every night until, you know, your family feels comfortable to do the whole thing. But when you pray that decade, you may just pray that decade with your family, but I don't care how late it is, you finish it. Mm. And, and so I, I did that. And probably within about, after about three weeks, we started praying it together from start to finish, mm. you know, five decades. And um, now the kids, um, you know, it's, it's hit or miss. Some days the kids are on point and they want to be the one leading a decade. And mm-hmm. other days they're just trying to play with Legos and mm-hmm. get away with little things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, we we've we've gotten a lot better at obviously the consistency, because once we were consistent, we did the enrollment in the Brown Scapular. Oh, uh, excellent. Last fall. Excellent. Um, and so that was part of that whole experience, that conversion and um, but since since that enrollment, I, I would say that it's gotten much easier because it, it's mm. in context for the kids. They understand that it's it's a promise that we are making to Our Lady that we will pray mm-hmm. the rosary. Mm-hmm. And that's and also part of that tradition. Our, right. You talked about returning exactly. to tradition and the, the enrollment in the brown scapular is part of our tradition. Wow. Exactly. I'm curious, we, Chris. We, Go ahead, finish the scapular. I got to follow up on that. Yeah, so we did the enrollments, and um, the kids wear it every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's where's my scapular? Where's my scapular? Right, sometimes mm-hmm. um, if they've wow. taken it off for whatever reason. Um, but the the graces that have just come out of that, in terms of the kids and their prayer, mm-hmm. you know, they're kids. They act out. They mm-hmm. they do dumb stuff all the time, especially mm-hmm. when we're praying the rosary. Mm-hmm. But then there are those moments where they're really into and they're praying and they're devoted. Like, I mean, I've seen my son, he'll drop on his knees mm-hmm. and pray with his hands folded in mm-hmm. front of Our Lady. And How old is he now? I'm just like this. He's eight. And then my six-year-old, same thing. He's done that where he's just been in front of our home altar and just got on his knees and just started praying. And I just, I just I'll get on my knees with him. And, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll just sit here with you. Mm-hmm. And so the that return to tradition, tradition the, the Our Lady, every, every, conversion story i've listened to online on podcasts they always reference our lady 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not a coincidence. No. And so Our Lady has just shown us, our family, who Christ is on the cross, mm-hmm. what his life was about. And you see that in the mysteries and how they evolve in the rosary. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of Father Peyton, Colleen. Mm-hmm. Remember, the, was it mm-hmm. Richard Peyton? No, Father, Father um, I'll think of it, Peyton. Father Peyton and the family rosary. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, I got to go back. Uh, four or five minutes ago, you were talking about your silent retreat, and you went back to your cell, and you prayed the rosary, and you're, you're contemplating the mysteries. And then you had this rush, tears of joy, a fountain of tears of joy. But you're talking about the passion of Christ and how Christ is touching you. Colleen, how crazy is it here? This is a Marian devotion, and Chris has an encounter with Christ mm-hmm. in his passion and the Marian devotion. Did, did that occur to you, Chris, when you're going through that in your cell, praying the rosary, how, how it's all about Jesus, but you're, you're, because a lot of people won't pray the rosary because it's mm-hmm. Mary. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they you're, think you're all... You're spot on. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. You're spot on. That That did cross my mind because... Up to that point, to me, the idea of, of Christ, it wasn't that I didn't believe in him. It wasn't that I, I you know, didn't believe in God. I, I believed in God. But the, the concept of the Trinity, it, it was just, it's, it's always been a challenge to try to relate to that. It's always been a challenge to try to relate to, you know, somebody going through that pain, through that suffering, and, and making that sacrifice. And so you see the image of Christ and paintings it on the cross. And for me, it was it was a struggle to relate and to find that friendship, find that, that unity. But it was very easy to relate to Our Lady as a mother. It, mm-hmm. it started to get easier because that's just where I started. Mm-hmm. And I concluded after that, that this is what it means when, when she leads us to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're giving our petitions to her to carry to her son and the son cannot refuse his mother. Mm-hmm. And so that was that, that, instant real life understanding of this is what the context of this is you know it's not a it's not i'm 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 worshiping deifying mary i'm venerating her you know i'm i'm presenting i'm presenting to her my petitions and saying uh, you know mother how how do i how do i contend with this issue how do i make amends how do i understand who god is how do i understand his love Mm -hmm. and she just keeps pointing to his life yeah. And it takes a very devout, loving mother to continue doing that for mm-hmm. all of eternity, right? For yeah. all of the time that we have left on this earth. Yeah, she does and keep so, pointing to her son. And, I, and as you're talking, I'm, re- I'm remembering the prayer, the Magnificat, which oh, is called the Magnificat yeah. because traditionally it's uh, the Blessed Mother talking to Elizabeth. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. That's why we call the prayer the Magnificat. Now, in the modern translations, I think it's my soul uh, rejoices in the Lord or something. But when you really think about my soul magnifies, what you're saying, Chris, is we look at Mary and she's like a magnifying glass. What do we see on the other side? My soul magnifies the Lord. So we look at Mary and through her we see the Lord clearer, um, more easily. He's bigger to us. Um, I'm thinking of that as you're talking about her leading us to her son. Yeah, 100%. It's 
my 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 soul doth magnify the Lord, my spirit rejoices mm-hmm. in God, my Savior. Mm-hmm. Right? It just you know, and in, in the Magnificon had a new meaning <laughs> after right. that experience. Yeah, for sure, because it was just the reality of of what was happening. Yeah. And she, in her fiat, said yes, and the Lord is here, and that just that life giving mother, that sacrifice that she had to make, and despite all of his friends leaving him mm-hmm. in the in the garden. And despite the agony that she went through, she still loves us. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the immaculate heart and the sacred heart and the union of, of those two hearts coming together, it just, it, it's so perfect and makes so much sense, that mother-son relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Christ became real to me for the first time as a, mm-hmm. as a you know, born and raised Catholic in that sense. Mm-hmm. And, and even, in, even in trying to understand it in my own story and, and converting and continuing, that moment the Lord chose to reveal to me, you know, more of who he is. And it was a very small bit of, of the reality of, of our Lord and just the immensity of heaven and the treasures of heaven. You know, I want that for my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want that for my family just as much as I want it for myself. But the focus has, has now been you know, gain that for them. Their sanctification is your only job in this world. Mm, Everything right. else is consequential. You, you can figure it out later. But but the rosary, Our Lady, the ho- Holy Mass, the Eucharist, right? It all leads to God, mm-hmm. right? It all leads to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so focus on that and help them see that. Help them see the charity kit. You know, one of one of the pastors that, um, you know, I met early on in my kind of reconversion, you know, his charism is, is charity, is that love. And, you know, he always just say, you can't have any of these other things without that love. You have to have charity. And I've had to remind myself of that several times that you have to approach whatever the the trials of the day are and the labors of the day are. You have to approach it as best you can with love. And it is hard. It is hard because it's always the simplest thing. But whenever I say the Hail Mary or I pull the rosary out or I just really focus on it, especially in times when I'm just super frustrated with work or specific people, it's like, okay, I need to pray. I don't want to do this right now, but I know like if I do this, Our Lady will, will handle it and help put it in the right place before her son. Mm-hmm. And every single time, you know, whether it's an hour later, five minutes later, or a day or two later, there's peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, the rosary is just so impactful. I, I, I'm so glad we have it. It's such a wonderful devotion. It, it, it bothers me that there are priests out there you know, I don't, I've never run across them. I've just heard the stories, but it just bothers me that there's priests out there that don't have a devotion to Our Lady mm-hmm. and, and the secrets of the rosary. There's very clear illustrations of how problematic that becomes. Mm-hmm. But when they do encounter Our Lady, they automatically turn back to the rosary. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's fascinating. Yeah. So this is a great topic for the month of October, the month of the rosary. I didn't know when we booked Christopher that it was going to be first Saturday and first Sunday, uh, excuse me, first Friday, first Saturday, Mm -hmm. and first Saturday is the uh, Feast of Lepanto, our Mm -hmm. Lady of Victory, the Mm -hmm. Lady of the Rosary. Mm -hmm. I uh, didn't, must have been you. Must have been Mary's timing, (laughs) must have been our mother that made it all happen in that timing. So we've been visiting with Chris Gonzalez. He's got an Etsy store. Yeah, we got to hit this address. What is it, it's Colleen? It's uh, ordinarydeadlife.etsy.com. He's got some awesome masculine rosaries. These would be great Christmas gifts for all the men in your life. Um, great masculine rosaries on there. 
He's been sharing with us some stories of, of the rosary, of adoration. And I, I love that he's a young a young husband, father, and he's being drawn to tradition, and he's leading his family that way. So that's wonderful. Christopher, it's been good to have you. Thanks for coming on the show. I look forward when we get together again and give some rosaries away at some restaurants down in Phoenix. And Thank uh, you. Do yeah. all of that. No, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. I, I appreciate you guys letting me share my story. The 101st episode of The Chatter is brought to you by Hotworks on Holiday Drive here in Dubuque. Let's close with a prayer, Carlene. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory, Glory be, be to the Father, and to the, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Tune in again next week. We love you. Did I forget the sign of the you cross? Did. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy... I always forget the... In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tune in again next week. We love you.